Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> you got it. You got a girl. <laughs> Good morning. Hello, everyone. And welcome to another episode of Banter with Jabisa and Tracy or Banter with Tracy and Jabisa. It is Saturday, July the 10th. Y'all, we are halfway through the year. <gasps> I know we say that every time. <laughs> yeah, I know, like, I know, like time passing is just new to us every time. Like, like 50, first, 50 first dates. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we got a lot on the docket today. That we do. We really do. We're very excited about our show. So we're going to delve into Nicole Hannah-Jones just a little bit talk about uh, what Baltimore is doing as far as um, making some changes in their um, addressing crime. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to share some keys to friendship, just like Oprah and Gail. Um, we'll do a little gossip. That won't be long. No. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about a little bit about the, um, the For the People Act in reference to the Arizona bill that went to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to share with you um, a Black business and a Black website. So we've got a lot going on. Yeah, a lot going on. So we're going to dive into it. I'm going to say, Tracy, I called it. When Nicole Hannah-Jones, we talked about it last we time. Did. I yep. said, what if she takes the position and quits? And quits. And she even takes it. Yep, she didn't even take it. Like, nope. Kudos to her. You know, we talked about how she sat and she handled it. She didn't say anything. Um, I think everybody was surprised that she went to Howard. You know, because the whole idea of this was such a prestigious position. How how? And I imagine that they were sitting up thinking, "How dare you not take this from us and go to Howard?" Yeah. But she said something. Um, she tweeted something that I thought was just profound. And Mm -hmm. she says, for too long, powerful people have expected the people they have mistreated and marginalized to sacrifice themselves to make things whole. Right. The burden of working for racial justice is laid on the very people bearing the brunt of the injustice and not the powerful people who maintain it. Right. I say to you, I refuse. Drop the mic. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And, and I, I was talking to a coworker. I said, if Black folks could have ended racial bias, racial injustice, don't you think we would have? We would have. Exactly. We, absolutely. If we had any control over that, it's not, it's not us. Like they keep, Y'all just keep bringing up the race thing or whatever. It's, we're not bringing it up. It's there. It's in the institutions that are already here it's woven into the fabric of the country and there's nothing that we can do on our own to get rid of it and, and if so, we could it would have been gone oh yes a long time ago we wouldn't even be dealing with that we'd be moving on to new stuff exactly but i i mean that was just i read that i was like oh my god good for her and i'm glad yeah. she did that and and i know <laughs> unc is like they got sitting there with egg on their face yeah yeah. Like, what we went through all of that and she didn't even want to go. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, they mad. Yeah, she told him to kiss her little black booty. She did. And then she went to Howard, and which is gonna bring, you know, um more prestige to the already prestigious Howard University. Mm-hmm. Well, but there was what is his name? Coach. Yes, and it's 
Tasa, I say his name wrong. Tasa Hani. I know I'm saying it. I'm saying his name wrong, but Coates is the last name. He's there too. And in there, a third person? No, it's just the two of them. But he <laughs> says that I, I was listening to an interview that he had with NPR, but he said, which is true, you know, there's a lot of focus on Howard, but he says Howard is not the only HBCU. It's not. It's not, but that's just like Barack Obama, you know, it's just like they pick one because they can only manage one. Right. But so the, we, but there's always got to be one. The, yeah, but they're, they're, they're number ones. And so he mentioned it. And I think that it, one of the things that the Trump presidency did do is it, it sent black kids back to HBCUs. Mm-hmm. You know, they, went, they went to a place of um, where they felt secure, where they felt encouraged, where they felt supported, where and that was wanted and, wa- and wanted and wanted. Um, and, and so kudos to, you know, kudos to Howard because, you know, they, they made a move, you know, they said, they they they, Hey, we can ask her. And, yeah. and I like what, what um, Coach said, he says, it's not, and that's the thing that people have a mistake of making. And they had a, um, I was listening to an interview of a, um, of Professor Howard. He says, you know, people keep thinking that they're coming to us with the assumption that we don't have anything to offer. Don't right. be mistaken. Yes. <laughs> You know, don't let that fool you. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let it fool you. And I think there's a really big misconception, you know, that they're doing Howard a favor. No, 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 no. no. And that's you stepping on this camp. You stepping on this campus, you stepping up. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You know, and my husband who went to Howard, he is HU proud, would always say he is not impressed with any celebrity because he said they all came to Howard. They, mm -hmm. he said they all came to Howard. They did. It was just a Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> they had um the chad chadwick bozeman, bozeman talking, yeah was talking about um he did a speech at howard he came back and did a the, um, commencement speech and said how he was walking across campus and there was muhammad ali yeah and he said and muhammad ali did a little shadow boxing and we kept walking i was like <laughs> what <laughs> like i said tuesday <laughs> <laughs> So kudos to her. Congratulations to Howard University. And I hope that that also opens up opportunities for other HBCUs I, in the country. I think it will. Yeah. I really do think it, I, I think it will. I think they're going to see like, you know, we don't we don't need y'all. The reason that the HBCUs were um, established because, you know, black folks couldn't go to school then. So, yeah, you know, hopefully that this does like realize like we didn't need them back then when we couldn't go to the predominantly white institutions. So and I think HBCUs already know we don't need. Yeah. We don't need nobody. But you know, maybe it's just showing the rest of the world. I don't know. But kudos to them. Good luck to them. And I cannot wait to see what comes out of, of that. Uh, yeah. Yes, I am. I'm excited about that. I, um, am. I, I have been following. Well, not, yeah, I guess following. During the pandemic, um, Baltimore ended. And I remember reading this. And I think they're the only city that did this at least that made the news, maybe other cities considered it, but with COVID running rampant and, you know, we all heard about prison systems, you know, because they don't, you can't social distance in a prison system. So Baltimore made the very intentional decision to Mm -hmm. end prosecution of drug possessions and other low level offenses to eliminate that um, crowding and having people in jail. They just, they just say, you know what, if you've committed a a nonviolent crime, such as shoplifting or, you know, soliciting mm-hmm. sex, we're not going to put you in, in jail and mm-hmm. um, just to slow the spread of COVID. And so 
it's been a year since they've implemented that uh-huh. and they decided they've made a decision. The attorney general who is Marilyn Mosby is a young lady, mm-hmm. um, but the state's attorney general has decided that, you know what, we're going to continue with this. This, this, they have the, they have the stats to prove that it was, it was, it worked. So according to the state's attorney's office, they reported that violent crime fell 20%, property crime de- declined 36% in that year when wow. they, they had stopped prosecuting and that there were over 13 fewer homicides during the, during that um, time. Um, now I understand Baltimore has had a high rate of homicides though. The number mm-hmm. of people in, in course, incarcerated in Baltimore declined 18% during that same period and 39% fewer people entered the criminal justice system. Really? Of the, of the nearly 15,000 people whose warrants were, were quashed or charges dismissed were arrested for any other crimes during that period. So I'm sorry, there were 15,000, there was 1,500 people whose warrants were, were quashed or charges dismissed. dismissed. Of those 15,000 people, only five, only five people were rearrested. Wow. That is, isn't it crazy wow. when you say it out yes. loud? Yes. So, so what they've done is um, the office is the state's attorney's office is partnering with the Baltimore Police Department, the Baltimore Crisis Response Incorporated, and other community organizations to reduce unnecessary contact with law enforcement for low-level offenses. So what they're trying to do is, and you've, heard, I mean, we've we've heard stories over and over and over where. It's a mental health issue, but they call the police. The police come out. You know, yeah. you don't know sometimes what the circumstances is. Right. And, and you know, I don't want to bash the police by no means because Me I either. promise you, if something Me happens, either. I'm calling I'm them. I'm calling them and I expect <laughs> them to show up and do their job. Mm-hmm. Right. But, you know, they may not know that this person has a, a mental um, issue or maybe going through a mental crisis. So the city is working to set up uh, an alternative to 911 that will route calls for behavioral health issues. Mm -hmm. So that means they're gonna send out a mobile crisis team with a mental health professional and a registered nurse to the scene as opposed to sending the police. So, you know, you have to really, really give kudos to that. The the prosecutor's office is also collaborating with community groups that offer services and support for for sex workers. Mm -hmm. You know, so, I mean, kudos to Baltimore. And I hope that other... Um, cities are looking at looking at that as an option. Um, there are crimes of you know, and I hate to say crimes of necessity, but let's just be honest. If my child is hungry, yeah, and I've got to feed them, you know, yeah. I've got to figure out how to do it. Then at the end of the day, they're going to eat. Yep. And 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 one of the largest groups that are, are being incarcerated for these low level offenses are women. Uh huh. Women are going yep. to sex shoplifting, bad checks. Mm-hmm. and it's it's lack of resources it know? is no housing mm-hmm. no money no job mm-hmm. so um so kudos to baltimore um i hope other cities are watching them and looking at and them and follow suit yeah follow suit and take those mm-hmm. things into consideration and making some adjustments and and that's not defunding the police that's it's refunding, not not refunding it's not bashing them it's 
Right. They're taking those resources and they're realizing that we and, and you've got to make changes. You know, they, mm-hmm. they acknowledge that they can't continue doing what we're doing. So they're making those changes. So mm-hmm. yay, yay, Baltimore. Yes, um, Baltimore. Yeah, it's still got a lot of crime though, but not trying to live yeah, there. They, <laughs> <laughs> they do well. I guess I can follow um that up with um this because it's police related, but the um there was an Arkansas teenager. Hunter Britton, who was shot and killed by law enforcement during a traffic stop on June the 23rd. Um, He was eulogized by Al Sharpton as they always do. And of course, um, Ben Crumpton has slid up to the family to to represent the family as their attorney. No, wait a minute. If you don't know this, Tracy does not trust Ben. I, I don't. There's something about him that's super shady. I mean, has anybody ever seen him like argue a case? Has he ever even been in a courtroom? I don't know. I don't know. But he seems to be there. I don't know if the people call him or if he's like, um, you know, that what they call the ambulance chase. Yeah, the ambulance I'm, chase. I'm, I'm not sure, you know, how he also always gets involved. But when they were doing the interview with the family, there was Ben. I was like, dang. <laughs> I said, I don't think the bodies be cold before Ben be there. Does he have like a team going through all the news and say, oh, there's one. I'm not sure how it happens. But anyway, the um, young man was um, eulogized by Sharpton and, you know, talk about that. But the thing is, the key about this one, the one that makes this one different than all of the other ones is that young Hunter Britton was white. So are they saying, Tracy, that because you can't say that it was well racially motivated. Nope, it was a white cop, white kid. So it, no. But what um Al Sharpton was saying is that his concern is about police tactics, not just that they're in the black community said it's he said it's a policing issue. It's not a black and white issue. And that's why um Hunter Britton's case is they're tr- trying to throw it out there. I'm not sure if they're doing that to try to show people that it's the policing piece that needs to be addressed and not that just the black and white, because I think like white people are may think, and I don't know, cause I'm not white. So don't let me put words in y'all's mouths because like y'all don't walk in my shoes. I do not walk in yours, but I don't know if they're trying to do that to just bring into the forefront that is that an innocent person was killed. Like he had a gas can mm-hmm. to keep his car from rolling while he went to get help he wasn't armed or anything and he was shot at a traffic stop like he it it was a traffic stop so he was killed and so they're just trying to bring in my opinion like if they put something that white people can understand in it then maybe it will get some traction that's my thinking but i don't know but now the, the interesting thing on this is the police officer was fired um last name davis i didn't get his first name he was fired but it was for night. I don't think it had anything to do with like the shooting itself, mm-hmm. but he didn't turn on his body camera until after he shot Britain. Oh. The only footage that they have is after afterwards. And so they can't say like if they wanted to, because you know that the sheriff would want to defend his employee, right. but he can't defend him without the because doctor. the guy could say, well, this is, this is what happened, but you ain't got no proof. And nowadays we live in a society where Yes, got picture and and or sound or both. So, I find it interesting that nobody else seemed to have reported that in the area. That they, 
it's one thing you know that he doesn't have his his body camera on but you mm-hmm. know, there's, there's been incidents where it was three o'clock in the morning oh okay on the side of the road so. okay okay yeah and okay. my thing too and that brought up so many things i said what was that baby doing i mean i understand he's 17 but three o'clock in the morning really <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you what is your, so, what is your curfew <laughs> that's why so i know there wasn't a bunch of people taking um pictures but, but what mm-hmm. they have not done tracy and i and i haven't followed the story so i'm making a big assumption and, I, and mm-hmm. you can tell me if i'm well, right or wrong and that's all right because this is our podcast <laughs> but they have not dragged the victim no they, they didn't they have not questioned, you know, like like we're questioning, what is he doing now? Why are you doing at 3 a.m.? Right. They haven't pulled up his previous, if he's got a previous record, they don't have a picture, the picture, nope. but the picture that just shown of him. And it's and we're gonna talk about, we're gonna talk about images, but the pictures mm-hmm. that they show of him, I'm sure, are him in a uh you know, maybe in high school with his buddies. Yep. Right. You know, a nice picture, not him, you know, not a mugshot. Right, exactly. So that's one thing that hasn't happened for every black man that has been shot. They have tried to drag them exactly. to the press. Yes, as if they have somehow been at fault yep. for their shooting. Like they've caused exactly. the shooting. So I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, nothing bad. Nothing was said about he, him. He's just a regular teenager. And I don't. I think since he was, you know, out at three, and that did not seem to be. Um, something that was new like his parents weren't out looking for him like oh where is he oh my gosh yeah so that leads me to believe that that wasn't uh an unusual circumstance for him not to be at the house at three at three in the morning which mm-hmm. means I, i'm judging their parents but that's just yeah. me exactly <laughs> and we can do that like i say we can do that. <laughs> but, but, right. but he didn't he did deserve to be shot though no for whatever him. reason being at your house at 3 a.m and yeah. should not be uh, thank you should not be a death sentence but it's interesting that that um al sharpton is taking that approach yes uh, that and would have that that would have to happen like a lot of times before white folks would look at that and say we need to change exactly yes you know, um Unfortunately. Sandy, mm-hmm. sandy hooks was a prime example you know when you had all and they were white children who were shot at sandy hooks Mm-hmm. elementary school yeah you did not change the gun laws were not change people still were opposed to that yep when little white babies what you call it, i'm telling you know what like i said to be so once kids as long as they in the womb they good but once they get out they own their own yeah but they will know, fight for you if you are unborn but once you draw breath you are on your own but people were not up in arms you know that to me would have been the ideal time to go back and 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 seriously revisit the gun laws that we have in the United States and make right. changes. But right. people, and it, it, I think what I find um, discerning is that, um, you know, your, your right to bear arms causes so much heartache for people. Right. You know, people are exactly. widowed because you have the right to bear arms. People right. are childless because you have the bear to, you know, the right to, the bear, right arms. to bear arms. Yes. You know, um, it, it, at some point, your right to bear arms shouldn't supersede, you know, my, my right to live. Right. You would think, yeah. you would think, but that is not the case. And, you know, as evident, do you remember years, but some years back when they, um, what there was a, a political, like the politicians, legislators get together and they play baseball. Yeah. And then one of the Republicans got shot. Yep. 
Yep. Like I thought that, I said, oh yeah, that's going to be nothing. Nope. And that's when I stopped. I said, well, you know what? If a if an actual legislator got shot and y'all and they didn't still didn't do anything, and then so the rest of us, I said, yeah, everybody just try to be careful and you know, yeah, yeah. do the best you can because they're not gonna they're not gonna do anything. I said, unless I said I really did th- not naively so. Nope, that, I, that was gonna. I said, now that's gonna do some things. I said, a legislator, he was they was out there just playing ball and he yeah. got shot. And and even with the insurrection, yep. Even with the insurrection, that you know, fact that people are running around with these 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 um these guns mm-hmm. and walking on the on the on the on the Capitol and and you know, so that's that's another podcast. So we're not going to do it. It is. I know. That's. I'm sorry. I did veer off. Um, <laughs> but worked up in the team. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking. Okay. So our little our little um oh. So Oprah, they were talking to Oprah and Gail. They've been friends for over 40 years. And um, so I had to read the article and they're talking about what was the key to their friendship? Because Tracy and I, we've been, Tracy, we've been friends for... Um, I think about 27 years. Because I remember when I met you, Allison was almost two. Yep. So it she's was, 29 now, yeah. It was May 19th. I remember the date. Oh, do you remember? The, I don't remember the date. Okay. I can tell you what you were wearing. I know, but don't. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, um, so it's close to 30 years for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things, you know, when I was reading the article and, and they said, which was true that, um, the lack of jealousy, you know, that they have always supported each other. Um, and I thought, wow, that's so true. Tracy has always been a really great cheerleader. She has listened to my presentations. <laughs> She has called and give me pep talks before I go to, when I was in school, she'd give me a, she would call and do a little cheer for me. Go be, um, go. <laughs> you got this girl. Go be, go. She really would. She would be happy if I was happy. Um, she would be my truth teller. You know, like, okay, let me just, I'm going to tell you this. Um, and, and I, and I like to think, you know, I've been her ride or die chick. You know, she called me and said, let's go. I was like, okay. Okay. Make it up. Where we going? Let me get, yeah. I got, I got my purse. I got my hair wrapped. I got took my earrings out. Where we going? Ask no questions. Ask no questions. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. Can we get a little something in? I need to meet you outside. <laughs> you know, I've been happy for her. I've been happy for her kids. Um mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think we have consistently over the years have been um, um, supportive of each other. Um, we've been uplifting. Um, we've pushed when, when you know, there was a point in my, in my life where I just was down. And, you know, Tracy pushed me up, reminded me to get up, to hold my head up. Yep. Um, so... So that that's you know that's a blessing you know that's it a blessing. Is. It really is a it blessing. It is a blessing. And it the thing that I want to say too is that like we are you have formed many friendships at work because Jabisa and I met at work. Yeah. And we left that place years and years ago, and we're still friends because there are people, other people that we work with there that I don't communicate with yeah. anymore. And so I've had you know a couple of jobs since then, not that many, but a couple. Yeah. And like, once you leave, you know, even though you felt like, Ooh, we're so tight and stuff. And like, I haven't 
talked to a lot of people since then. So that is the sign of true of friendship. Once you are like seeing each other, talking every day, having lunch every day. Yeah. And then you work in different places and yet you still maintain you know, remain friends. Then, then that's true too. Cause I think you were the only one I took out of there. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you and I both. <laughs> we <all> together. <laughs> so if you want to be a friend, um, be encouraging. Don't ever be jealous of your friends because my, my thing is if she goes, she going to take me with her. And if I go, yep. I'm taking her with me. I used to tell Tracy all the time, if I got a dollar, we both got 50 cents. But we you got 50 cents. Yeah. <laughs> she lives by that. She lives by that with bringing lunch. If I didn't have lunch, be so here. She would, I had half a lunch. She there sure we did. Yeah, I believe she it. Sure we did ride or die. <laughs> don't get this tea. You get, we, you get, I'm going to get, we're going to get a separate coat of ice. And I'm going to give you some. It was, that's how we wrote. That's, That's how we roll. So mm-hmm. for, for many of you who've had, who've had these wonderful friendships, I think, I think that um, particularly for, you know, I don't know about men, so I can only speak for women, but, but yeah, they are, they give you, I don't want to say give you a reason to get up every day, but you know, that crab in the battle, crab in the barrel thing may be real, but I, either I missed it when it happened or mm-hmm. I've just been fortunate that I, that it didn't hinder me. I've had more people push up than pull down. And, and you know what I think too, and I just think that's the kind of people maybe that we um, uh, socialize with. I'm, I'm not sure, but you know, I, I have, you know, known people that have said like their friend was like their demise. I was like, I just can't imagine that. So yeah. it is, it is a true blessing that I don't have a point of reference yeah. to where I can say, you know, my friend really did me dirty, stabbed me in the back. I don't have any of that. And I am grateful to God for that and for you, my dear. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm blushing now. <laughs> All right. So going to our gossip section. <laughs> Nick Cannon's a hoe. I said it. He is a hoe. And I can't understand why women would fool with him because his little ding-a-ling is just all over the place. Ain't no telling what all he could be passing along. That's my gossip. Nick Cannon's a hoe. All right. Well, tell him why. Because of the... He got the babies. Yes, he had four within the last seven months, not even a whole year. Yeah. Three different women. He That's just a lot of getting around. Right. He's just that is a lot of getting around, especially for someone that got jobs is working. <laughs> <laughs> so where do you find the time? But anyway. <laughs> and you know, we talk who smack about women who have multiple children with multiple yep. men. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I am baffled by i'm just baffled by the women it's like but you know he was just with her mm-hmm. or i think the thing that will amaze me more than anything else tracy is called okay because this has come out he's had these these what four children in in less seven than months years. right but i think what will will stun me not surprise but stun mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. there will be other women knowing what has just happened in his past you think so? Girl, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. When he get finished, he's gonna have a basketball, maybe two basketball teams and a relief. <laughs> and a relief. And yeah, the radio's going. Yep, and there's some cheerleaders on the side. I don't know. <laughs> but you know, so and he's gonna have spirit too. <laughs> <laughs> because let's go ahead and throw in equipment people too, equipment man. Because <laughs> he had, I mean it. Really? I mean, seven kids, three in a year? Come on. Mm-hmm. So Nick Cannon's a hoe. There we go. That's the gossip. Okay. 
Okay, so what what do we have? Oh, oh, so a little bit about the follow up for the for the people act. Yes, I'm sure everybody knows that it failed in the Senate last month. So what's next for it? Well, we don't know. The Democrats vow to keep pushing, but you know, I I just don't see where it's um unless they get rid of the filibuster, the chances for the HR one or any other voters voting rights legislation getting um, Senate support and passed into law is slim to none. You know what, Ashley, we, we just said this last week, actually can change. People have to start calling and demanding that because our, our representatives are representing us and not yes. their personal views. But you, um, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but on the representative level, yes, but our senators do I mean, not care. Our the senators. senators do not care on the representative level, yes, because their terms are every two years. I think yeah. the Senate... Because they're locked in for six, for six years, they don't care. Mitch McConnell doesn't care. Not, not that the people of Kentucky are challenging him in any way. Yeah, Lindsey Graham. Because I have reached out myself to Lindsey Graham several times. I have. And well. He doesn't. He doesn't give a rip. And so the, and the ones that keep, most people are for the voting rights. They are for that. These the majority of represent. Yeah, are for it. But the senators, they. They represent you, but they don't represent you. Like they are supposed, their job is to represent you, but they're not holding true to their job. They decide what they're going to do for you based on whoever's paying them or for whatever reasons that they have for their own longevity in the Senate. And for that reason, I am for term limits for the Senate. Like I don't think it's six years is just too long because if you do two years and when you're in there I, I my thinking is if you want to stay you're gonna to have to do some stuff because you can get reelected and sit on your butt for five years and then start campaigning in that sixth year to keep to keep going I don't know I think I don't want to say I'm opposed to tournaments but it's hard to do something in two years it really is because of those two years you spend a year campaigning to get back in for two more years so right. it's hard I think, you know, it's like any job that you're in, it takes you a while to establish yourself, learn a job, make the connections. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I don't know if I, I necessarily agree with term limits, but there, there has to be some accountability when you have the majority of your constituents saying they want one thing, but you still do the opposite. Now, I think there needs right. to be some accountability other than the fact that we boot you out after six years. Well, because- see, that's, yeah, but that's my thinking. If, if, if it was a threat of that or maybe three or whatever, I'm not sure of, if, of the time, but right. like you say, I totally agree. There has to be some um, consequence. But my thing is like, if it's two years, then you're going to get in there and you're going to hit the ground freaking running. Yeah. You're going to learn fast. You know, you're, yeah. they're supposed to be intelligent people, learned people. You're going to learn fast. You're going to do what you got to do. You're going to um, keep your feet to the fire because in two years, if you don't do what we say, then out you go. Yeah. So, yeah. So there, it has to yeah. be, but, but still call. I mean, we still yes. call. Still don't don't not call. I mean, just so we can have record of like, well, I had this many of my constituents calling. I still didn't do what they wanted. <laughs> <laughs> See if he can run on that next time. <laughs> okay. okay, that was funny. I had to laugh at that one. <laughs> okay, and so what else do we have, B? Um, we have what well, we're nearing the end. I know our, our time is nearing the end. Oh, yep. I know I had this thing about well, it's not even a, a big. Oh, this. OK, this is my funny thing, because I know I 
Y'all know how I feel about 45. So <laughs> he has got this. Um, he announced on Wednesday, I think Wednesday of this week, that he has filed a class action lawsuit against the um, tech companies Facebook, Twitter, and Google, and their CEOs um, because he was banned from their platforms. We all know this. And that is just so funny to me, but okay, the thing, the setting was picture, picture it, like Sophia from the Golden Girls would say, picture it, <laughs> 1932. But anyway, um, so he was in, in his New Jersey, I think, golf course. He had a backdrop reminiscent of the White House and, and the little um, thing on the podium was presidential looking. And I think when I pulled the picture up, it said office of Donald Trump. Donald Trump or something like that. Yeah. It was so freaking funny. And y'all, so, so sad. He is, you know, he they pulled him from these platforms and rightfully so. But he's saying that like it's, he is totally making stuff up that these companies are arms of the federal government. Therefore, um, taking away his first amendment right. I said, I don't even know, you know, how, how you even met, strung that together. But he it he knows it's not going to work, and I guess he's, I, I guess it's in like a, a thing to get attention. Um, but it's not going to work. It's not just like the over all, all the lawsuits that they had after the election that didn't go anywhere. I think this right. is another one. He knows it. They know it. I don't think anybody's going to sign on to it, or maybe you know his, you know the pillow, my pillow guy might um, sign <laughs> on to it with him. But it's um, it's just pitiful, and it's because. He is washed. He is washed up, and he knows it. And he is desperately, desperately trying to cling to relevance. And he is irrelevant anymore. He does the power of the White House being the highest man, you know, the most powerful man in the free world, if you will, is sexy, <laughs> and it makes and you get a lot of attention. And he adored that attention. It protected him from the law. Yeah, but he adored the attention. He adored the power. He loved it, and now he doesn't have it. Past presidents, because y'all know I love my Barack Obama. Like, no, no, I do. But he's a past president. Yeah, he's, the power is gone. Some of those, so the luster is gone. And forty five just cannot deal. He cannot deal. And it's oh, so it's it's pitiful and yet funny at the same time because I just get a kick out of seeing him just scrambling. And you know they didn't even. A lot of the main CNN, I think it was, and C-SPAN, they didn't even carry it. <laughs> no, because it wasn't nothing. It's an, it's an ordinary citizen. But I disagree with with Tracy. It's not it's not pitiful. That man's keeping himself in the news. At the same time, he's fundraising. So he made that yes. same announcement, and he put out on a website for you to donate to him. To donate money, and they will. They will because they he will. needs money. Yep. And you know what? That's right, Jabisa. He needs money because of all he's now since he doesn't is, since the office of the president isn't protecting him from the law right. people are coming for him yeah they come from him and and i guess now they know he don't pay his bills they're not gonna take like we'll pay you later he yeah. gotta come up with the cash to pay these people and everything he does you're absolutely right the grift the grift goes on yeah he is gonna make his money yeah he's gonna make his money he's gonna make mm -hmm. his money he, he'll he'll take from the old lady who, yep. who ain't bought no medicine to donate for him and he, 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 he doesn't care. So he's going to make his money. So I don't feel sorry for him one little bit. What okay. I would love for him to do is go to jail. Be, do you know what, Jabisa? I would too. That would just be my, that's the day that I dream of when they lock him up, but I don't want him to go to jail and, 
and with in handcuffs and everything and post bail two hours later i don't want that i want him in an orange jumpsuit i want him to sit in front of the judge in his orange jumpsuit with his feet shackled and his hands cuffed no, you know what? answer to all the crimes that he has undoubtedly done so if they're going to get him they have to do it everything all t's have to be crossed all yeah. i's have to be yeah. dotted because yeah. he's not and that was so funny is he's so slippery and he's not even the smartest He's not even the brightest bulb in the chandelier. I just don't get it. To me, it would be easy. You think, you think it, it should be easy. But apparently he's a lot smarter than we give credit to. But but as they say on every crime show, there's always a slip up. Mm-hmm. And so as as with the mobster, they couldn't get him on any of the murders. He done murdered all these people, but they got him on taxes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes. At the end of the day, he went to jail. So at, the end, at the end of the day, you know, because according to my mother, the 600,000 people who died from COVID, he did that. He, um, I, see, I was, I was, I had said that before to be, yeah. so, I said, he need to be up on murder charges. Yeah. You know, um, so it'll, it'll be something, you know, uh, um, not small, but not for what you think he should, mm-hmm. but time will tell, you know, and sometimes we, we gotta, you just gotta sit tight and let it happen. Just sit tight and let it happen. So um, we'll see what happens with that. We'll see what yeah. happens with that. But yeah, he, 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 no, don't feel sorry for him. Not one little bit. Okay. Not no. one little no, bit. No, it's, it's, it's pitiful. That's pitiful is um, sympathy and pity are to, it, I mean, it's just, it's just pitiful. They have said he is so, just so desperate for, for attention. For his, yes, for attention. And then where is Melania? She, Got she said goodbye in that little black suit when they left the White House, and she got off the plane in her little moo moo, and ain't nobody seen her since. <laughs> I don't feel sorry for her either. She, she oh, I don't feel sorry for her. She's yeah. living her. I think she's living her best life. I'm, I know she's so glad to be out of there, and she's like, I don't. He just gonna sit there and just won't, 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 and I'm just gonna keep going. <laughs> her, her mama and her little and her, and her family. Yeah, they just living their best life. They say. <laughs> I'm trying to, you know, whatever. I'm just gonna let him do that. I'm just gonna do my own thing. Do my but own thing. I also uh, had a blurb here about Maria Taylor and Rachel Nichols. I don't know if it's a scandal at ESPN where they had the hot mic recording oh, yeah. Miss Nichols saying that Maria Maria Taylor got the job of um, hosting the NBA final pregame shows because ESPN was under a lot of pressure to div- for diversity, and she was mad that she that maria got the job that she thought or was told that was promised to her and so she said it on a mic you know she i wish the best for maria but they shouldn't be trying to fix all that stuff with you know and sacrificing me it was said on the mic and maria she i don't think she said anything about it Mm -mm. uh, but she's not taking you know rachel nichols said that she's reached out to her to you know apologize and she's not taking my my calls which is her right which i don't even know why she said that yeah yeah, it's all right not to take your calls. But all that to say is that, you know, it's all the companies, the businesses that are trying to do, you know, diversify or saying or try to pretend that racism doesn't exist. It does. But the simple fact that Miss Nichols thinks that she should be doing that job. She's saying that Maria got it just because she's black, not that she's good. But I'm here to tell you as a black woman, any job that we get, we have to be twice as good as anybody that we are up against to even get it. So Maria is good. She's qualified. She's qualified for it. And that Nichols and her, I guess, I, 
don't know if they were friends, but I imagine they had some closeness being a females in a male dominated industry. I don't know if they were bosom buddies, but I imagine that, you know, they had conversations and that they may have been close. But the fact that that came out that shows you that like you really don't have any like friends. There was a really good um, article and I didn't write it down. And they talked about this white feminism and that, and if you think about the feminist movement, that's never, that's always really been a white female movement, not so much a black female movement. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, if you're a feminist, you would think that you would be supported of her getting Mm -hmm. that position. And, but you're right, Tracy, she never said anything about her, her qualifications, how she handled the interviews, how Mm -hmm. poorly she did. It was more like that was my right to have that job. That job. I'm supposed to have, yes, I'm supposed to have that job. It is Mm -hmm. my job. And it's that, that really kind of privilege that white people have where I'm supposed to have, I'm supposed to be because I'm white Mm -hmm. um, or because that's what what it always is. Mm -hmm. And as you said, um, Ms. Taylor has done an incredible job. Yes. As a reporter, she's worked hard. She's done all the groundwork. She's laid down the foundation. Um, And even, even if they did, even if they did say, you know what, let's give it to the black girl. She's gone out there and she's made the magic happen. She did. She She, has. She, you Mm -hmm. know, so they, if they gambled on her, they took a gamble. It's like, you know what, let's go ahead because we said we're going to diversify. Let's go ahead and do it. She still did the job. That's right. They didn't give it to her and she knew what she was doing because, you know, ESPN is, that is a major sports network. They're not going to have her out there half time working, right? Yeah. And that's, that's the case with any, any black person. And I think the thing that was disappointing is that it came from another female. Yes. Um, Yes. That's the part that was disappointing, but Mm -hmm. not surprising. surprising. No, ma'am. Not surprising. You know, it it was a white female, not surprising. Um, I like how um, the young woman has just not said anything. Mm-mm. I think just sometimes that's that's mm-hmm. the best approach. Just you know, yeah. quiet. Let, mm-hmm. let I'm just gonna let you continue talking. Yep. Thank you. Let it just go ahead and play out. Yeah. Let All right. Know. And so our black business is. Oh, wait, 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 wait! Oh, I gotta talk about I, I gotta talk about black man can. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Okay. I told you we had a lot. We had a lot. We have a lot. We have a lot. But I'm gonna I'm gonna slide this in. I was on Instagram bouncing around and so i i ran into the um black man can instagram site which is just uh, uh um well instagram is nothing but pictures anyway with some small video recordings but just these beautiful beautiful pictures of of black love black families black men black boys black teenagers black granddaddies um doing what we see in our community on a regular basis but may not be seen elsewhere but you know loving supporting encouraging each other you know the daddy combing the baby's hair a lot of proposals um it was just really beautiful and and surprisingly and I'm not one to to stay on Instagram for a length of time but I really kind of got caught in that because those are not images that I see on a regular basis on television um so that was just really really um just made my heart feel good but it's not just the Instagram, they have a website as well. And so they are a nonprofit organization um, supporting and encouraging um, black males and also making sure that the, the positive 
images of black men are seen. And um, they also do education, they do workshops as well. So if you're an educator looking for maybe a workshop on um, particularly schools who have young black men who sometimes don't do well in public settings, public school settings are not doing as well as they could be, um, or you realize that maybe you could be doing something different, you might wanna check out the website. We'll have it on our podcast. I'll put the website out. You might wanna check them out as well. But um, just beautiful, beautiful images of um, mm-hmm. of black love. Yes, and you know what? I know, like Javis, I was telling Javis, I said, you know, that's good. But we know that. Like I knew that. I, yeah, we we see that. We live that. Like but many people you know, don't. Like men, I know. And I, I said that's what's so funny is that you know I said that's like Tuesday. Like I said, that's like Tuesday <laughs> for us. We, we know that. Yep. But you don't see it in public. So it, 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 just, mm-hmm. it did my heart good. It just did my heart good. Yep. Yes. Okay. So now on to our Black business is um, Rainbow Rose Printers. Um, Rainbow Rose offers a variety of printing projects for every occasion. Some of the printing projects they offer include brochures, flyers, invitations, stationery, business cards, banners, posters, booklets, and custom items. They're located in Columbia, South Carolina. RainbowRoseOnline.com is the website. And the number 803-933-9733. You should really try her out. Miss Rosa Devlin is the owner and she is awesome. She did my daughter's um, graduation invitations and thank you cards. So she, she's, she is, she is a gem. She's professional and so easy to work with. Yep, I just came up with an idea and then she would run with it because you know, I'm not cre- I'm not the creative type at all. So I said, this is what I see. And she made it happen. <laughs> <laughs> so if you are inclined to please give her, um, give that black business some support. And then the quote for today, it's very short and sweet. Um, or not sweet, this is short. Um, I'd rather regret the risks that didn't work out, then the chances I didn't take at all. You know, I always say it twice. Say it twice. And this is by Simone Biles, by the way. That's what I like because, you know, she's the big out of this world Olympian. I'd rather regret the risks that didn't work out than the chances I didn't take at all. Oh, there we okay. go. And, that. and next time, see y'all. Thank you. Bye. Bye.